Hi folk, welcome back to the Caribbean. Take a little hiatus, pause for the cause as we say in these parts, to regroup. Also, to be honest, I had to finish my latest feature film, which um, was suspended. The production was suspended in March 2020, so almost a year and a half, I think. So I had to find the magic to, co to complete, which I did. So just wrapped that up a couple days ago. So back on and in Arima, which is on the beautiful island of Trinidad. We're live, well not live, but we are in person for the first time. And I'm at this wonderful exhibition, the first solo exhibition by an artist by the name of Gary Martin. And at a place called Isiad, which is again in Arima, which is a special place because Arima, I would say, is where we would have the strongest presence today of our indigenous first peoples, known generally as the Caribs. And there's a lot of significance, even if you come into Gary's exhibition, his first solo exhibition, on the left as you enter the door, you'll see an image of an Amerindian, a Cariban, with a rifle in his hand. And that's just to kick off and give you an idea of how this gentleman, this emerging artist, how geopolitically, um, how savvy he is, and the kind of work is, is that he has, which is a political aesthetic that I don't think I've seen. Not just in these parts, eh? but I looked all over the place. I've looked more at paintings and art than films, in, although I'm a filmmaker. And I've been surveyed stuff and I have collected stuff. Cuba, Haiti, Jamaica, throughout the Caribbean, Africa, um, and African American contemporary artists. And I quite, I haven't quite seen anything like this. This is unique. It's also unique because of its raw power. Because in my estimation, and I don't mean to be unkind to anyone, but a lot of times we were doing these pretty pictures. Which we, come, we live in a beautiful place. Eh? We live in a Caribbean island, a tropical island. It's beautiful. We got a lot of landscapes of the old houses. Got a lot of color. A lot of nostalgia. But I haven't seen an artist so far so frontally take on the angst and the, the ravages of neocolonialism. Um, like this. So it's not safe. It's disrupting the status quo. It's asking a lot of questions about where we are. It's unflinching in its frontal, full frontal attack on the status quo and how it continues to decimate the blood of the people who have been suffering for so long from stolen land to stolen minds to stolen hearts and souls. So this guy's work is a revelation to me, and I looked all over the place. I went back on Google and so on to see if I could see anything comparative, and the answer is no. I, I included my own um, romping around the world and looking at people and collecting art in Cuba and Haiti and Africa, as I say, and wow. So, Gary, welcome to the Caribbean. Yeah, Rami, sir. I thank you so very much. I feel honored to be on your podcast, the Caribbean. Right? Um... I feel honored and, and, and grateful for, for, for what you said about my work, right? I, I try very hard 
I try really, really hard to to be fully of myself in these works, right? Um, th- these works came from a place of um of pain and 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 hurt, and I uh, what I just try to do is try to make a motion picture out of my works. I just try to tell a, a true story, a real story, and sometimes these stories might be harsh, sometimes these stories might be raw. But in, in truth, I, I, just, I just try to be myself and tell the true stories of the peoples who was, a, who, who, who was affected by these stories and who are part of these stories. So again, I thank you very much, man. You're welcome, man. This is a great privilege, to be honest. And I always want to start with an origin question, which is when did you first pick up a crayon or pencil or colored pencil or a brush or whatever? When did you first... Um, make that contact with the paper or the canvas in your life. Do you remember? Yeah, man, um, from a very young, since I born, well, um, I, I just always go around saying this, right? I see um, the gods destined me to do this work. For, for I, I, I am one of the greatest in the world with the works that I did. And from a very young age, from since I can remember, being in this in this physical plane, I started doing art, right? I used to, um drawn on the walls of my mother's house and she never had a problem with it. She never discouraged me from doing it. Although she was a woman, never fully encouraged me into art or she didn't know anything much about art. She never discouraged me from writing on the walls and, and um, defacing her walls, so to speak. And even in school when the, um, the teachers complained that I would be um, drawing on, my, on, on the covers of my books and everything, she didn't have a problem. She was just buying new books for me to do more art. <laughs> Yeah, man, but and that's but that's the beginning. I started at a very young since I born. I started doing this. I was destined to do this then. And do you literally remember? Can you remember the first time? Or when is the first time you can remember actually making that contact between your hand and the eye and the brush or the the, the pencil and the paper or the canvas? Yeah, um, probably like in, in in first year. In first year, I did a a, a, a card, a postcard for my mother. Cause we like we had creative class and, and everything, and you know I made a postcard for my mother, and she came to school. She came in the school and, and interacted with the teacher and saw it, and it brought tears to her eyes, man. Oh. And 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 uh, you know from that point, I, 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 I didn't know that I was destined to do this art. And 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 everywhere I go in in the schools, the teachers always want me to draw on the boards. Well, my classmates want me to draw something for them. From ever since I know myself, everybody want me to do some art for them. So, so I was like, you know, I get a revelation in my head that, yo, I was destined for this. And when you say first year, like you talk about Eldo, Eldorado? No, I talk about um, Arima Nicolman Primary School. Oh, God, okay. So right? You, wow, okay. Yes, yeah, so that is, that is really is. And, and even before that, I can remember um, writing on my mother walls with crayons. Wow. Wow. I used to deface the walls. Yeah. And she didn't have a problem with that, you know what I mean? I was always doing that. So that was your first gallery? That was my first gallery, yes. So your first gallery, your first solo exhibition, <laughs> yes. really, at home, my mom's. Yes, yes it was, yes. And she's your first critic and, and patron yes. and supporter. Yeah, she's, she's my biggest critic. Yeah, and biggest supporter too. Right? Biggest supporter, yes, yes. That is so beautiful. Of course, yes. Getting children, that is so beautiful. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I really, like I said, I want to, before we even look, because we're in the gallery and we're looking at all the work up and... Before we get in, I want to ask about some pieces, right? Sure. Um, I wanted to start, when we said about the 
Um, Hi, Arima. Arima Dan. Yeah. Right, that piece Arima Dan. Right, um, I did that piece in commemoration to the uprising, what took place in 1699 in, in the village of Arena. Right, in, in East Trinidad. Right, and what what took place... I mean, the history books would say that it was a massacre took place, but to, to the indigenous peoples, it was an uprising. Right, mm-hmm. because... um. Some people wanted to come and change their way of life and the culture, and they didn't want that, right? They, I mean, they, they, they was working with the, the, the outside people to whatever they wanted to do in the, in the village, but it seemed like there was the, the outsiders was taking it a little too far, right? Because um, up to this day, you can't really find any evidence of the indigenous peoples in arena, right? All the, um, all the artifacts, if it ever had any artifacts, um, it was cleared out or, or, or stolen or whatever, but you can't find anything up in arena except the history and, and the history is kind of skewed where they say it was a massacre, but we all know that it was an uprising according to the indigenous peoples. So this piece of Rima Dan is um, it's trying to bring some a, a sense of strength to the indigenous people and, and a sense of hope that the, the, the revolution hasn't stopped. Um, the culture is still alive and strong and that um, and and we wanna give we wanna give much respect to the, to the leaders of these revolutions, especially Hayarima, because he was in the front of, um he was one of the, the, the people in front of this revolution, right? So you know um that story was about that revolution, what took place in Arena in sixteen ninety nine. Well, that's great because uh, again back on the your location your lo- location the locality of it. I mean we can think of Basquiat and Brooklyn. And same old starting there, and that sort of straight out of Brooklyn or straight out of Arima. That sense of your own community where you would have grown up and, and thrived in or and struggled in, yeah. and you're here. You have, and, and I see this like like almost like a launching pad off a particular space into the stratosphere, because that's where I get your. You have a uh, art name, a nom de art called. Astro clouds. Yes. Can you give us a little bit about what that's why astro clouds? What does it mean? <laughs> All right. Um. Well, I, I is not really um superstitious or horoscope type of fella, but more, January is my um my birthday, January fifteenth. So you know that is Capricorn, and according to Capricorn, um the planet is Venus. I mean um Saturn. Sorry, Saturn with the rings. Right. So um I did always like that image, uh, Saturn. I did always like that planet with the rings. So um, in 2018, I was trying to figure out some names for Brandon, you know, and and I, I always had a tattoo of that Saturn on my neck, right? So I, I I choose to incorporate that Saturn, and instead of the rings, I decided to put some clouds, you know what I mean? Because of my um, wide imagination, I still am call this thing astro clouds because, you know, astro dealing with, you know, bodies in space then and, and and since we 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 are bodies in space you know i, I call it astro clouds and i just use the clouds because you know we we so close to clouds we see clouds every day when we look up and then clouds clouds kind of majestic too now clouds kind of magical clouds kind of mysterious so you know it wasn't it, it was just that astro clouds i just give it that name i play together call it astro clouds in 2018 i find the name was good and i decided to keep that Yes. You're just looking curious. <laughs> well, of course, we're here right on location with Gary's first solo exhibition, and someone. Yeah, yes, yes, okay, come through. Just we're just doing an interview here. Some 
patrons coming by, taking a look. Natural in the ever and flow of things. So what about um this one called State Lands? State Lands, yeah, State Lands. Well, the curator put that one first in the show because um she thought that would have been the, the most fitting um, piece to start this whole story of Tidwell America. So State Lands is is about partially the same story of keeping the revolution alive. Now State Lands in the artwork it, it has some the, the ships coming in. The, the Spanish ships was coming in right in this particular artwork and I use that to, um, to represent the same ships what Columbus came in with. Right? And um, the images of the two men Right, in, in, and they have symbols of indigenous and African symbols on them, on the caps and everything. And that is to signify that the indigenous peoples, who, who were the first peoples of these lands, and who, who had strong cultures in these lands, is to show that the revolution is still going on. Right, um, the images of the men in the, in the artwork, they're holding some rifles. Right, um, the curator asked the question, if Columbus had come and, and meet a group of people with the same arsenal as him, would that be the outcome today? Hmm. That's a good question. Hmm. But that was my original question. My original um, statement for this piece, State Lands, was to signify that the indigenous peoples and the African peoples or the original peoples of these lands, to this day still carrying on the revolution. It might not be big or, or extravagant, but in whatever little way, with, in, in the culture, in the dress, in the foods, Right in the, in the way they, they, they communicate, in the way they do their oral traditions. The main point is of this piece called State Lands is that this, the, the land and the people is a part of the state, right? And, and the, the indigenous peoples and African peoples is the state that create these, that, that is the peoples on these lands, right? I call it State Lands. It's a play of words because, you know, um, in this modern time, they like to say, well, all right, the, the government lands or the state lands or, you, you squat a piece of land and say, well, that is state land, so that is state property. But really and truly, that is the people's property. And if the people is part of the state, or the people is the state, well, that is the people's lands. So, and, and originally, uh, it was the indigenous people's land, so, you know, in fact, that is the people's, that is the indigenous people's lands. That is the state lands. Well, yeah, stolen land forever, you know. And, you know, the, the indigenous people, um, First peoples, they didn't have a concept of cause in their cosmology. They didn't really understand this private ownership of land and you grab and you put a fence and, and so on. So it didn't seem, if you want to, if you want to ask to, to own it, it didn't, it didn't, yeah, sure, why not? It doesn't make sense. It didn't think it was possible. Huh. Also, I think they didn't have the separation between themselves and the tree and the animal and the land. It seemed to be a continuum. It was less of a sense of individualism. And you know, of course, today with all this blow mind ego, yes. selfness, selfishness, yes. and see the community. You want True. Everybody will suffer for one person fooling around. Yes. So this leads me to a question: the exhibition is called Third World America. Yes. What's the, what? What does that mean? Well, all right. Um, Third World America is also a play of words because to the external world or to the outside world or the, or the so-called first world nations, they would like to call us. In the Caribbean, in South America, in Central America, they would like to call us third world, right? Um, I wouldn't say we third world, but however, I use the name third world because it will be easily recognized when you say third world, these, these third world lands. So I call it third world America because we are in the Americas, 
from Mexico come straight down to Chile and the Caribbean is part of the Americas, right? Central South America. So this is America. So I decided to call it Third World America. Right? It was a play of words with the with the, um, with the, with the word third and, and Americas. You know, some people will say, well, we in the Caribbean. But really and truly, um, we are in the Americas. Right? Whether it's Pan America or, or Central America or South America, this is America. Um, the, the, the exhibition or the, the concept of Third World America was to show that we in this region here, this sometimes pattern negative influences from North America. I mean, yes, they, they are part of the culture as well because we connected in some sorts, but a lot of the cultures, uh, a lot of the cultures are not us, are not indigenous to us, right? So and I, I think that in third world America, in this region of the world, we do sometimes pattern negative influences from America, right? Um, yeah. So um, another piece, I'm seeing a Nancy. Yes. Um, which is part of, of well, I, I was actually born in Ghana. Right. And I know Anansi is part of uh, African um, and West African law. Yeah. And of course, very big uh, folkloric figure in Trinidad and Tobago. Yes. Um, I'm seeing Anansi central to this piece you have here um, with a with a Wi-Fi yeah. code on the third eye or whatever. Right, yeah, yeah. All that kind of wildness. That's why I say this, yeah. thing, this thing is amazing, you know. <laughs> and the gold chain. Yeah. And it looks like a bullet with a Confederate flag on it. Yes. So, God, you know, keep your, I mean, we could be here forever, but yeah, it's so much complexity and so much packed into the world. Yes. So, can you give me a, just a, a kind of general? Right. Thing? So that that piece is um protest, and that had to do with the whole Black Lives Matter, right? Um, Anansi is a storyteller, and and since we in the Caribbean here or to do America. We have plenty oral traditions, right? So I use Anansi to tell this story. I also use a lot of symbology in my work, right? My style is scatterglyphs, as the name of my genre. And um, the reason why I use symbols is because symbols, there's, there's really a message. Symbols can communicate, right? And I just try to use contemporary symbols like the Wi-Fi symbol. The Wi-Fi symbol, you know, it, it, it means connectivity as well. So what Anansi trying to do is connect some old stories to modern day stories, right? Um, some of the things might seem contradictory, you know. Some some of the some of the um some of the stories in that piece might be confusing, but at the end of the day, Anansi trying to relate a story, right, to all of us in the Caribbean and to the world America in um, Central, North, and South America that. There are, there are protests taking place all over the globe. There are protests taking place in the Western Hemisphere, right? And, and Nancy just trying to relate that story and tell people that there is still magic within the traditions, you know, within, within our culture. You know, because I have an elder artist, he does always say, you know, Gary, you need to tell, you know, we need to tell our stories. Because a lot of the time we tell American stories or European stories, but but this time we're looking to tell our story. So Anansi just relaying a story about protest. And then you have another iconic um, folkloric character, a uh, character from actually from uh, traditional uh, mass. Yes. Uh, masquerade, which yes. is our carnival. Yes. And that looks like the Midnight Robber. That is the Midnight Robber. So tell me what's going on, because the Midnight Robber, he or she is central to this 
this landscape you have here. Yes. Um, and it's again, it's just dense with, um, it's just populated with all sorts of symbols and and figures and so on. So, what's up with the Midnight Robber? So the Midnight Robber is also a storyteller, right? Um, the 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 story he telling here is about is about the Caribbean, is about Trinidad, is about Tobago, America, and is about some of our cultures. Now you can see some people coming out of the hat, right? And and is is a whole is a whole tussle and a and a rustle right here going on and confusion going on with the, with the people coming out of the hats. So you know I mean um this piece category A agent protocols with the midnight rubber he's also telling a story. Right? This the story could be contradictory, the story could be sometimes confusing, sometimes truthful, right? But he telling a story of where we are at right now in third world America, where we, we need to be, you know, and and and, and we need to, um, we also need to take some introspections on, on who we are and, and what we should be, you know, in, in terms of, of, of where we are in this space right here. So, you know, the Midnight Rubber Agent A Protocols, he again is still telling our story and is a story of many things. So, you know, um, it's plenty symbols. So, people, what, what people need to do is try to decipher the symbols. I mean, the symbols are not that hard because it's regular everyday symbols. So I just use symbols to the to tell the story, and the story can be easily deciphered. Well, what about animals? Because I see a lot of there's a lot of things populating that re- in your your, your 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 canvases or your paper with bullets, cigarette butts, um, syringes, all sorts of things. In this case, I'm seeing, for instance, the pig and the white rabbit. Give me up. Just, I'm just taking those two and we can move on, but just, just to right. lock on to two things. What is the significance of, for instance, for you, or if you want to say, yeah. of the pig and the, with the, with the, I think the pig has the, the nuclear yeah, yeah. symbol on it. Right. <laughs> the white rabbit, which is on a kind of chessboard, some kind of board yes. with, with white and black squares. Yes. What are, just give me any sense of those two things. Well, you know, is, um, why, is the, why are those there? Yeah, well, well. Uh, if you're conscious of it, if you're not. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, um, most of the time when I do these works, I, I doesn't always be conscious of what I, of the images I put in them, but, but a lot of the times it's um, intentional. To me, the rabbits, I mean, the rabbit might have different meanings to different peoples around the world but to me the rabbit is 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 some i i use this rabbit in particular for the alice in wonderland story now with, with you know the going down into the rabbit hole and yes. so you know the the the, the, the midnight rubber himself people coming out of his hat so you know he might look like the mad hatter right so but it's all about mystery is because you know in third america we have mysteries here yeah. We have a lot of superstitious beliefs and everything. So the rabbit, right, is, is what I use it for is to symbolize some sorts of mysteries. And, um, you know, the, the term going down into the rabbit hole, yeah. right? So it's about going down into that mystery, into that mysterious, into those mysterious beliefs and customs and everything of Tudor America. The pig, I also use the pig because the pig is, um, is a common, is a common diet for people all over the world. And you know in Trinidad here a lot of people like the pig, but um the pig in itself is a very um dirty creature, right? And um it could be used symbolically, it could be used why well, use this pig, it could mean all kind of things, but I just use this pig here. 
to signify the, the, the variety of different as you can see it have different animals in this piece right here so you know some animals might seem clean some animals might seem dirty some animals might seem beneficial to the planet yeah you know what i mean so that is why on all my works i just use symbols of animals cigarette butts bullets and all kind of different symbols to tell a story well i decoded the the white rabbit um when it's juxtaposed it's right like almost whispering into the air yes of the midnight rubber but i also decoded it as and saw it because of all of this as one of the first if if not the only time i've seen a hybridization of the midnight rubber and which has some antecedents precedents sorry in the american cowboy among yeah. other things yes so it has already a hybrid yes and then a hybridized for the hybridization of the, the the midnight rubber as mad hatter yes so very first time i've seen that particular um hybridization or synthesis yes. on in a piece of art eh? yeah so that's why i say your stuff is like my my thing with art I, I, with own films and so on eh? right is like i watch films i watch tens of thousands of films right on endless artwork but i do it so that i don't repeat it true so my work end up so i want to make up sure that this thing i'm doing is unique yes and that's what i look for in art right and that's why i was drawn to your work probably last year's first time i stumbled upon your work and i was like wow you know yes. because i'm not seeing it anywhere true that is me to me is the measure apart from the power of it it could be rubbish and i'm not seeing it right but this thing was so powerful so visceral true so packed with um energy and information and you say symbolism and i was like man you know yes so that's what I'm talking these unique juxtapositions and these unique hybridities <clears throat> and wave rendered it uh, quite amazing. In fact, I'm seeing to the left of that a guy I could recognize from a distance, I believe, which is um, Stokely Carmichael Kwame Ture, I yes. think. Yes. And I had actually done a documentary on him in 96, I think it was, right. called, called A Man of the People. So I did a little doc on him and... Um, Kind of follow. What well, was interesting because we was, we both went to Howard University. Right. And when I was at Howard, I mean, he was from Belmont, and he had All Africa People's Revolutionary Party. I don't know. I mean, I got to know the guy. Right. And even when he came to Trinidad, where he's almost died, he was on his way. He died a year after something. Right. He came to Trinidad and did this, this little doc on him, and I made a joke. You know, I said. um Quoting from a guy called Gil Scott Heron, right. which who I used to hang out with every now and then when I was in DC, and Gil Scott had this thing: the revolution will not be televised. Yes. Of course, we talked about Gil Scott, and I made a joke when we were about to film, start the interview. I said, "Well, the revolution will be televised," and right. he said, "Yo, don't count egg and um, um, check in. What's it? Don't um, count." Your eggs. Eggs in foul bottom. <laughs> you know? Well, it ain't happening. I mean, True. just because we're doing this. Yes, yes. It's something, but... Yes, yeah. We ain't there yet. Yeah, no, we... <laughs> you know? So, I can, can immediately, I can tell it's him, just from his stance as an orator. True. And there's the book with the question mark and the equal sign. Trinidad, the, the map of Trinidad, the island of Trinidad seems to be wrapped up in one of those yellow police... Caution tape. Caution yes. tape. Yeah. Wow. You know? All my things see a, a, a Mexican pyramid. Yes. Up in the upper right. You know, I'm gonna have to put some links to your works. If people listen to the podcast, 
curious to see it because this is a audio yes and you'll be talking about a visual yes. medium here yes so help them out there seems to be some kind of broken wall yes there's a map of africa with hearts on it and some kind of upside down different kind of configurations yes so what are you saying are right, the name of this piece is gang files right um i use kwame Turi in this piece as a focal point because um, beside being a revolutionary, he, he was a man who always used to let us know to read, to, to study, and to organize. Right? And why I name it Gang Files is because according to the CIA and FBI, any organization or black organization or indigenous organization that there to, to, to educate their people or to help their people come out of any bad situation is termed as a, as a gang. Right? Um, this piece is to, is to show that all the pieces here in Tidwell America is to show that revolution is still taking place, right? In this piece right here, there's a book with a question mark and an equal sign, meaning that although there are mysteries in, in, in plenty information, we could also get answers, right? The Trinidad map with the caution tape is to signify that, you know, we have a lot of dangers here, right? Um, we have a lot of stagnation here, but also we have a link to, to, to Africa. Although it may be broken, right? We could use um, the indigenous. We have in, in term, some terms of indigenous history that could link us back. So that is why I put the three feathers there as well between the between the chains to signify that you know that 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 indigenous part of us could help us form links, right? So this whole piece is about organizing. You know, getting people to organize, you know, um, remembering our stories, right? Um, um, putting forth our stories, manifesting our story, because, because the bullet I use is to, is to project, is to move forward, is to take, take the culture forward, take yourself forward, whether it's your talent or whatever. So, you know, it's about forward movement and, and this piece is about, you know, keeping the revolution still alive, organizing and, and study, constant studying. Yeah, just below this picture is a small, well, to the bit to the right, is a guy who looks like he's killing himself, shooting himself yes. under his jaw with a big gun. Yes. And some of the pictures, by the way, are framed like this one, have barbed wire and looks like pallet board or wood. Yes. Very um, basic, but and yet just particular, um, perfect. For the subject, yes, and it's resting galvanizers. I'm sorry, resting uh, barbed wire as well. Yes, so I just want to make a point about the framing. Who did this framing? Because I thought it just um, somewhat appropriate. Just the wood itself, the kind of raw wood, <laughs> it just looks appropriate for the imagery. Yes. It's not dull. It would be weird for if I saw these things in, in say, gold frames, yeah, yeah, glass, you know. <laughs> Although I might protect them better, I mean, you know? yeah, yeah, yeah. But this is much more appropriate. You know, if you did it in gold frames, there, would, there may be some irony there, but I wouldn't suggest True, that. yeah. But that's been very helpful. Who does your framing for you? But I did all the frames, I just do frames myself. Um, oh, okay. But in this particular moment, I didn't have the tools to make the perfect frames. But, um, Third World America is also about us not lying to ourselves because you know sometimes here in Trinidad you know we might when we when we out in the, in the in the city here on the streets you know we looking nice and we smelling nice and thing but the truth is sometimes you're the pass through motor reach home right sometimes you're the wait a whole hour to get a taxi yeah 
right? Um, some of the communities have potholes. Some people living in board house. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so I use these frames and the bag. I use the frames first of all. I use pallets. We didn't buy it, but we use any regular pallets to signify that yo. In Trinidad here, in the Caribbean here, we don't always have the best tools to 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 make our to make our our works be seen or whatever. Right, so we, what we using is is simple materials. We using basic materials, and and we using what we have, yeah. because you know a lot of times in the Caribbean we like to create an impression that you know we we we, we have everything or we looking nice or you know everything is nice and dandy with us. But sometimes a lot of the times not really good and dandy. The, I use the barbed wire, and I didn't buy those barbed wire. I get a barbed wire from you know old fences and thing. You know people people they say Gary, you know I wanted a piece of barbed wire. I say yeah, Gary, come cut. Piece of my barbed wire, so you know, um, I use the barbed wire to signify the, the some of the restrictions we have here as well, you know, because when you look at the country, you know, there's a lot of barbed wires and, and old dirty walls, so, you know, it, it to me is depressing, then you know, a country in a country so beautiful and with such beautiful culture and history and, and such talented people yeah. who are willing to offer their talents to beautify this nation. That when you come out of your house on a daily basis, you see in constraint and, and, and stagnation, you see in bar buyers, you see in dirty walls. So the, 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 the pallets I use was to show that you, you know, it's raw. We're not trying to create no false impression. I really didn't have the money to make, to, to buy the frames. So I just use my, my intuitiveness and make the frames. I use the bar buyer and some of the pieces to signify the, the, the suppression or yeah. the lockdown. Yeah. Right, so that suicide piece. Yeah. Why that whole piece is surrounded by barbaya? Because the the anybody who going through suicide or who have suicide thoughts, you know, this be in a box, this be in a hole, in a bind. You know, you know, we we superstitious here in Trinidad, the Caribbean, so we like to talk about binding stuff. Then you know, somebody tie or somebody bind. Yeah, so you know, barbwires is is sort of like a, a binding. Yeah, right. Yes. Yeah, tie up. Yeah, and, and that story was actually a true story of a friend, okay. a school friend of mine who did commit suicide. He hanged himself. I just use a gun in this because, you know, I use, usually use bullets, you know what I mean? And, but the, the point is that he, he killed himself and he was going through a situation right here in Trinidad. Yeah. And a lot of people in Trinidad just go through that situation because the reason I did this piece is because I too could, could place my mind in a situation yes. like that. But yeah, well, I had some friends who, unfortunately, when I was in my teens, um, unfortunately, they went that route, you know? Right. So, yeah. So, that speaks to me. Yes. Uh, all of it does, actually. But this one, which is the sign- the, the, the actual exhibition image. Uh, six uh, God. What's it called? Six God or Six G-O-D. Okay. Right. That is the patron saint of the underworld. Right? Six God. That is, that is everything... Any gangster or thug or would want to aspire to be. It's not a good position though because um, in some of my earlier years, you know, I was part of, of some lives dealing with crime and everything and dealing with some gangs and street culture and everything and I lost plenty of friends in that life. Now that life might seem alluring and um, appealing to a lot of people, but it isn't because you could lose your life, you could lose your sanity, you could lose your self-respect, you could, leave, you could lose your soul. You know, I, I had some family members who was on crack. I had a, a cousin, she was on crack. Wow. Her brother was on crack. <coughs> her child father was on crack. Yeah. Uh, and she lost she lost one of her child while being on crack. Mm. 
So you know, I had experiences with me selling crack. I sold crack to her and all. Yeah. You know what I mean? And, and although the piece have glitter on it and you're seeing gold crumbs and gold chains, yeah. right? And 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 it's fool's gold. It's fool's gold. Yes, yeah. it's fool's gold because at the bottom of the all piece, all that glitters, all that glitters is not gold. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the three skeletons on the bottom was I rep- I used that to represent the three friends that I had I used to roll with yeah. in some crimes and they they, they died from, from gunshots you know and, and that piece six God is about the negative the negative aspects of, of life but you know a lot of young men just want to, to portray or want to do in their life and you know it's not a, it's not a good thing well this piece spoke to me as well because I had a kind of dodgy youth or a lot of I would say some, we would like to have politely got juvenile delinquency yeah. and such. And I found myself in, you know, even today, where I grew up, I live where I grew up. Right. And like every few weeks, boy, sometimes more frequently, um, I just hear the gunshots and I either check social media one time. Yeah. Or later it'll come on the news that five dead. You know, that big yes. killing was up by me. Yes. And I know the fellas, I don't want to call it names, but, right. you know, but you know, this one would send me a message and say, well, you know, AJ dead and Choso dead. True, yes. And I was like, because these are the youths I grew yeah, up with. Yeah, yeah, yes. And it's pretty heavy, you know? Yeah. And I'm glad, I'm glad I took a turn out of that because therefore, but for the grace of God, I got have got into that scene. I don't think I'll be around. No, we, none of us would have been around. And a lot of my friends who were, well, one thing, yeah. I have friends who were crack cocaine addicts and are no longer crack cocaine addicts because or we call it rock and drink that. Right. Because they're dead. Yes. So and the more hardy, resilient ones are still alive, eh? True. And these are people piping since the eighties. Yeah, 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 yeah. Right. And when I see somebody dies now from that generation, I kinda wondering stuff like they were so resilient and to reach this stage, that generation could hold it down still. True. Had to have some serious DNA and constitution. Yes, yes. But on, I don't want to call names, but recently I realized, of course, that nobody is bulletproof. No. And you could even at this stage, the time came for that person. Yes. Um, eventually, you know, they're not bulletproof. No. So I lost a lot of friends to, to crack. I mean, we call that like rock or pipers or whatever. Yeah. Um, some sometime during the AIDS epidemic because it went hand in hand with yes uh, some people prostitute themselves and yes. very very um yes incautious and jumping in a jeep with ten miles thing and they just died you know yeah and yes. I, I get yeah. that a lot of them yeah um some survive I have friends who insulated their children yeah from it eh? yeah they have a regular quote unquote civil service work. Right. And I mean I'm saying the children didn't growing up didn't know but they have a kind of double life. Yes. And I swear, you know, because the, the, the kid children growing up clean. Yeah. Unaware. Right. Not aware but unaware. Yeah and that's the that's the whole thing about too the whole America then yeah. because you know in, in Trinidad here Trinidad is a beautiful place. You know we have a lot of flora and fauna. So you would think that you know any any foreign or tourist might come here, you know? Yeah. Here's, here's paradise then, but it has some underlying hells going on here. Yeah. You know, we are crack going on here. We are youths who, who suffering from depression, who suffering from, from, from mental health, you know. We are women who suffering from domestic violence, yeah. from, from child abuse. So, you know, 
Although you might come here and see some pretty flowers and hear pretty birds and things singing, really and truly it have some it have some some of North America, a lot of North America taking place right here, homelessness and yeah. and, 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 and lack of, of knowledge of self and everything. So you know, to do with America is to, to, to show that although the Caribbean here, um Trinidad, all is a beautiful place, we must be mindful that there's a lot of people who are going through some hells in here, some yeah. some serious business here, you know, and, and we must be mindful of those things. You can just probably wrap soon, but I wanted to go just a, and I'll try to have a link so people can see a couple of the works too. Yes. Because we hear it described. Yes. But um, not being able to see it. So we'll put up some links in the podcast to sure. go and venture into your world. Uh, a couple more pieces. The This very powerful one with looks like a white Jesus. Yes, that's Anthony. Using the N word. Yes. And a child. Oh, some figure being berated with yes. a big dunce cap. Yes. And a, something looking like a pig and a yes. crazy woman pointing at him with a distorted American stars and stripes and there's a big bullet and stuff. What's that about? I mean, it seems kind of clear to me. It's a kind of neo-colonial barrage. Yeah, that's Anthony. That's Anthony. Chapter 1 in Making of a Monster and Anthony is me. This piece is, is a piece that actually took place, um, it, it happened to me in, in primary school. I was in second year and um, and a teacher asked me uh, we was doing like mental so you know you know doing mental they tell you stand up and they call out some sums and you had to get the answer you know apparently I didn't didn't have the answer correct and my teacher female teacher she called me a dunce she she embarrassed me from the whole class I was a young fella yeah right um and and that affected me all my life then yeah. you know I, I I grew up in a whole world where we had a lot of abuse. My father used to abuse my mother. So, you know, um, I grew up in a home where, where, you know, cigarettes was accessible. Yeah. You know, I grew up in a home. I used to fight all the time in school. I was, I, I grew up in a violent youth, you know. I, I probably cut one, two youths with, with, with knives already. You know, I, I smoked cigarettes as a boy. Yeah. You know, I, a bullet wasn't easy. A bullet was not hard to find in my community. Mm. Right? And, and all these, all these things, you know, coupled with the police. Police as a young boy going to primary school and you know you, you're seeing police um, ill using the authority against children so you know and, and teachers who calling children stupid and everything and you know um, I mean I grew up in a in a Roman Catholic home but um I I I don't really subscribe to Roman Catholicism but um to me all my life um that image that image of of, of Jesus or whatever it was. It was it was against me then. I mean yes, yes, um the, the, the religion or the philosophy they, they say certain things but uh, as a youth with my colour and with where I grew up and everything, I mean that was not that was not compatible with me then. I, I'm not trying to diss anybody or trying no, to no, no. Yeah, you know, but, but this this is this piece Anthony is an actual piece that happened to me as a as a, as a youth in school, right? And I think and I think all those different things but yeah, well, the I've been through it because I, we came up in corporal punishment. Yeah, getting licks in school. Yeah, um, thinking unless if you're thinking any side anywhere but the state of school thinking, right, you become a threat. True, and you might even be cussing and thing, but you're getting no. licks because you're not yeah. you're not 
doing as they say the exact wording and yeah. which is just colonial yeah. regimentation and things. I always felt this resistant to school. That's why I didn't hate it school. True. And I kind of dropped out, right? But um, and, be, before know. before you continue, don't let me cut you off. Um, no. This um, the cap he wearing was saying big guns. Yeah. And I wanna I wanna um, stress this point that you know people might think you know that you might tell a child something that one would not have any effect on the child. In, in years to come, but if you look at, if you listen to somebody truly bad music, you hear a lot of the youth saying they fully dance. Yes, yes. I mean, yes. I wouldn't, I wouldn't walk around calling myself dance, and and to, to be an adult calling yourself or to to glorify yourself as a dance. Yeah. I, I think that is that that is a bad precedent we set in, and it started it started years ago. Yeah. You know, and, and so so this piece to me is a very strong piece that saying that if you if you call children dancey. Right, they could be taking that seriously and carrying that through life, and they might have some some um, self-esteem issues. Well, but like SEA, I mean, you have ten and eleven year olds at, yeah. uh, at that point. You know, you know that right of passage here. You get right off if you don't make it as a ten year old. Yeah. That's madness. Yeah, you know, it's, you know it's madness. Yeah. <laughs> and I mean, of course, the white Jesus. Jesus was Nazarene, and I was from Nazareth, which is brown skin, right? Here, like. A lamb wool, so clearly not um, the white boy that the our colonial masters want to pass off as the messiah. And all, part, all ties, of course, to white male power and hegemony, yes. Yes. which is still in operation. Yes, last time I checked, and all I've seen all of that in there. Yeah, so that's striking again. I mean, once again, <clears throat> if you look at the some of the works from a particular angle, you'll see the gold glitter. Yeah. If you look at it frontally, right. sometimes you don't see it. No. So I love that kind of... Uh, it's not a, 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 It's an illusion. True. And that's where I get the illusion of the gold. Right, know? yeah. Because once you move left, you then there, you move right, you're seeing the gold. True. So it's, you know, hide and seek, you know? Yes. Catch me if you can. Yes. I love that. And that's then, man. a couple of things we could talk about before we, we clock out. Um, and we can talk about this piece right here, Ascension, which is the last piece. Um, so, so this last piece, Ascension, is, is more of a hopeful piece, is of a piece of, you know, of, of cure, of, of um, healing, of prosperity. So, you know, to the world America, from the beginning of all these stories and all these artworks, as I said, it came from a place of pain, so, some sorrows, you know, and, um, but at the end of the day, we were looking to try to heal from all our hurt. Yeah. Right? It was a young lady. She she told me that she, you know she wanted to come out of a particular life. And she said, Gary, you know, um, you could do an artwork, you know, symbolizing that. And I said, Yeah, I, I will do a piece for that. Oh. And also the curators before the show they was like, Gary, you know, you need to have some silver lining pieces, you know, to give okay. people a sense of hope because Yeah, yeah. yeah so you know, yeah. um, so I say yes. I'm gonna do those those pieces. So that that piece ascension, yeah. where the, the young lady is rising up. She's bursting from a cocoon or something. From a chain. Okay. Right. Okay. So, so the chains are burning and they melting away, and she's okay. rising from that. Wow. And and the butterflies around her simplify metamorphosis or new growth or new beginning. And the, the chains are gold again. Eh? Are they gold? Well, well the, the chains are basically kind of silver. No, no. So wait, no, what the gold glitter is that's fire or molten? Something? Oh yes, the fire. Yes. Okay. okay. Fire, okay, yes. Okay. Fire burning the chains. Okay. Right? And I also have this piece for the working one, which is um, Jason and the Golden Fleece. Okay. Which is, um, again, from a Greek mythology story. Yeah. Right? About Jason looking for the Golden Fleece. He was with the Argonauts. 
and they were looking for the gold on Facebook. Well, I know the movie Jason and the Argon. No? Yes. In fact, I mean, I know the original one. Yeah, yeah. Because I, there was a guy called Ray ha- Harry Hosen who was a boss in terms of um, the the time lapse and and, and, and claymation figures. Right. Man. So he had done the original film. Yes. I studied the end of the beat. Yes. So so that is the film I watched because um I was listening to a particular uh, a rapper and he had um. He had an album called Orpheus. Wow. You know, and, and I used this because I watched the movie, I listened to the whole album, and the Golden Fleece to me is, is sort of an inspirational um, piece because the Golden Fleece come like, you know, finding back your culture or finding, your, finding yourself or connecting to your roots or whatever and, and uh, looking for introspection. The Golden Fleece is to protect you from, from harm or protect you from, from ill will or or from negativity, so that's why Jason and the Golden Fleece here is, is one of um, a silver lining piece to signify that, you know, although there's a lot of madness taking place around us, yeah. we could use our talents, we could use our loved ones, we could use our strength in ourselves to, to protect us yeah. in this particular time. Well, look, I want to end on this little piece because I actually know the name and it's like Geist. Zyke East, yes. That's Zyke East. Yes. Which is a play on Zyke guys. Yes. Right? Because. Yes. Yeah. T- let me yes. So ra- I, I like the cosmic rationale. Yeah, yeah man. Yes. man so, <laughs> so in 20, is in 2018, um, ECR, we did some murals in the yard here. And that was, that was the first time I ever did a mural. Okay. Right? And that mural, Zyke Geese, was to signify the spirit of the time. What, what kind of spirit are we looking for in this particular time? And so, you know, I use the dial, I use the clock, Arima. dial, Arima clock dial, yeah, right? I take all the analog hands, mm-hmm. but I put in some digital numbers and I put yeah. in one second yeah. to, to signify a new start, right? On the side of it is a man with a smiley face with a key and um and a sneakers with some wings. I think that's Achilles sneakers, yeah, yeah, yeah. right? So the, the sneaker with the wing, is to signify, you know, we're looking to seize the time, you know, seize this moment and, you know, try to hurry up and, and seize that moment because, and happiness is smiling, man, you know, happy, happiness is, is sort of like the key to yeah. our prosperity, you know, um, the, the, the hand that making the symbol of a heart and wow. the world inside it, you know, the, the hand is, is a bandana style, a paisley style. I just use the, the bandanas, please decide a lot to signify um, your group or your, your yeah. clan or whatever because, you know, um, me being in street culture, gang culture, you know, a lot of gangs use bandanas to signify this is their clique or whatever. So, you know, I want to sh- use any hands, use any piece design to signify, yo, we in this whole world is one clique, is one group, is one family, and is one love, you know. So, Zeitgeist is about having the spirit of the time of love in the spirit of this time right now. And the word play on um Zeitgeist. Yes, East, I, East, right. East Trinidad. Yes, East Trinidad. East Yard. East Yard, so right Zeitgeist, you know what I mean? <laughs> well, for those who don't know, in Trinidad, um, we say wise men come from the East. And it's interesting because, like many places, we centered the art and the markets and, and everything centered in the capital city, which is Port of Spain. And we are east of Port of Spain. And they have a joke about people who don't drive past the lighthouse. Yes. So they go out to that yeah. capital or <laughs> metropolitan zone. Right. And there's less focus on out the, the, the outriders. Yeah. But a lot of the talent in sports and arts and science and everything comes from all sorts of part, length and breadth, you know? Yeah. Because we don't want this geo geographic bias. No. 
well, you come from one little zone and that's it. Yeah. And so the East is very important. We're not, um, it's like off-Broadway for those who know, and we're not centered on that. And that's where the status quo lies too. Yes. So East is important. East Yard, Arima, Gary. Gary went to Eldo, I think. Yes, Eldo, rather secondary. Yeah, he went to a senior, a senior secondary school. Yes. So in the East too. I yes. Went to, I yes. went to Augustine. Yeah. And we would come, those are places that were government schools that are outside of the so-called prestige schools in Port of Spain, the capital again, and where all this sort of bourgeois and the aspirational status quo uh, generated. So, uh, but as a, again, speaking for myself, maybe not, but Gary and others, um, a lot of great talents emerging came from these, from the outside, you know, the outliers. So this is uh, very important politically as well. So yeah, man. So I think we could wrap it there. It's been a joy, a privilege. I just want to do a little housekeeping, and I'm, and I, I kind of recently checked up on the podcast, and we have listeners throughout North America, Latin America, of course, the Caribbean, Africa, India, Middle East, Russia. Um, quite quite amazing because to me, a lot of these places don't. Um, speak um, English or, or even Creole, which is what we're speaking, right. West Indian Creole or Trini. Um, so I'm quite surprised, pleasantly surprised. I'm sorry I first made that joke about people in Inner Mongolia not knowing about David Rudder because apparently um, I got some feedback on that that people uh. were listening and they thought it wasn't really cool. True. Um, apologies. Yeah. To that space, you know, and of course we continue on all the major podcasts: Apple, um, um, Stitcher, Spotify, Anchor, Radio Republic, Radio Public, um, and about at least a dozen. So we are available. Things are looking up, and I'm so ha- thankful to everybody listening. Thanks for joining us or rejoining us in the Caribbean from wherever you are on this beautiful planet and challenged planet, then we will prevail. Don't worry. God bless.